it kept growing and going and it was this beautiful place for me to live online, to share my work, um, and then also to start trying to make money from my cartoons in a meaningful way that I had never done before. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show! on the mic we're coming in live i don't know who this guy is that i'm doing but this is the fizzle show and i'm here too i'm willie crazy man i'm crazy thanks willie and this is a podcast where we talk about things that are interesting to indie business builders people who want to earn a living doing something they actually care about People who want to earn revenue, making an impact in the world in some small and meaningful way. Sometimes some of us think of ourselves as like, like, I don't know, entrepreneurs, but like that's a big word. So we think of ourselves as middle class entrepreneurs, right? Or indie entrepreneurs. The sense that that we're not we're not doing VC backed companies. We're doing businesses. That allow us to live life on our own terms. That's what we're all about on The Fizzle Show. And if you're unfamiliar with the show, if you haven't listened to a few episodes before, if you're brand new, want to say welcome. Welcome to The Fizzle Show. Hope you uh, find it easy to be a part of The Fizzle family. Um, if you go to fizzle.co slash toolkit, you will be able to download a fresh, brand new business toolkit with a few of our favorite guides to help you on the way to creating a meaningful online business that actually works. Okay, today's podcast episode today. Today's conversation. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's <laughs> going to be such a good one because we have a full-on actual like holy shit badass in our midst, okay? She's a punch it where it counts kind of lady. She's a literally to me she's a genuine indie entrepreneur celebrity. Okay? Now, here's one quote that that she wrote in an email when we were talking before. She's like, "Lots of people will tell you what you should want as a creative or as an entrepreneur. Maybe this, maybe it's shut out the noise for a hot second and decide what success looks and feels like for yourself." On the show today, we have Stephanie Halligan. Stephanie, can you say hi? Hi. Thanks for having me. You got it. And on the mics, I have Steph Crowder. Hi, Steph Crowder. What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to be here. Stephanie is incredible, and I know you guys are all going to love her. That's oh, right. so sweet. That's right. All right. So here's, here's, here's where I wanted to set this up today. Uh, this idea that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who... <laughs> Who want to tell you exactly what to do with your dreams? I have to raise my hand here. I have to go like I'm. A, I'm. We're at Fizzle. We're with some of these, you know, online business guru type people who are who have a lot. Who have a long list of things that we think you should be thinking about if you want to bring your creative project to life. But today on the show, we're going to listen to someone or hear from someone who actually had the tenacity to listen to herself and create her own path, right? Her Take her own way. Uh, here's another quote from, from this email you sent. You said this little, I was like, what's a couple, a couple bullet points you think you'd want to talk? She's all, I spent a long time trying to sell and monetize my list on art to self. We'll get into exactly what that is in a second. And it kept feeling shittier and shittier. I had to ask myself what I actually wanted my art to feel like and how I wanted to make money from it. The answer was not a $30 e-course and email funnels. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just love this. I love this. I can't help myself. So the title today is, You Have Permission Not to Turn Your Passion into a Scalable Online Business. And Stephanie Halligan, I'm so, so, so pumped uh, that you're here. So let's rewind for a second and just, what is Art to Self? What is this website, Art to Self, that you started? Yeah, so... um my journey with my own art and art to self is a, it, it's, it was my way of putting art into the world on a regular basis. I mm. had always wanted to do cartoons more regularly in my life. It's something I grew up doing. I wanted an outlet for writing regularly. Um, and I was at a point in my life where I wanted to be really consistent about it, consistent for my mm. own sake 
um, and consistent in how I shared it with the world. Even if, you know, um, I didn't think a cartoon was perfect. I was like, well, I want to have some sort of mechanism and brand online that kind of holds my feet to the fire to creating often and sharing that work often. So mm. the idea of art to self was born, which was, I, I, I wanted to do a daily cartoon motivational newsletter where every single day I would draw something, write something, send it out to the world. Um, and when I launched it, it started to feed this part of me, this creative side. I don't think that was getting enough exercise in my life um, in this really amazing way. And it started attracting a really amazing audience of people who were opening my email like every single day for like their cartoon affirmation in the morning. And it kept growing and going. And it was this beautiful place for me to live online, to share my work. Um, and then also to start trying to make money from my cartoons in a meaningful way that I had never done before. Mm, I love this. Now, was this your first business project? I, I'm, I, I'm wondering if you did like things like this or online projects before this. Yeah. So before this, I had a personal finance blog and was blogging about student debt and, um, uh, being frugal and things like that. And that was actually the first place where I started experimenting with cartoons online. And it was Mm. this weird combination at first of uh, talking about paying off my student loans and then adding cartoons to it. And I started drawing like this student debt monster and that I was battling in like a superhero cape. And um, the kind of the attention and the um, nods I was getting from my fellow bloggers, from my readers, um, after I started adding art to that random personal finance blog, that was what kind of gave me the first dose of confidence to say, oh, I've had, I have something here and I could Mm. do cartoons online. Well, what if I did it, you know, outside of the personal finance space and talking about things I care about, um, about life and emotions and all of the trials and tribulations that we go through as humans, but in these bite-sized cartoon forms in these small notes that I can send out to my email list every day. Oh, I love this. Okay. So hold on. So you were doing a, you know, a personal finance blog, how Mm -hmm. I'm, how I'm overcoming my student debt, how I'm getting out of debt, uh, started adding cartoons to it. And you notice your audience kind of, nodding along with the cartoon stuff you probably noticed yourself sort of enjoying exactly do, like yeah. the, the the you know getting to pull out the 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 whatever the stylus or whatever it was you were drawing these comments comics with um now i'm really curious when you came up with the like tell me about how you came up with the idea of art to self i mean you're doing this blog already mm-hmm. student debt and it's like wait shouldn't i just focus on the student debt thing why am i starting up a new blog yeah well it, so part of it was I paid off all my student debt and I was like, Oh no, my story just disappeared. What do I write about now? And, and, um, and so a couple of months after that really like kind of poignant financial moment for me, I was sitting there, uh, I was drawing a cartoon. I was doing a post on 401ks and how to roll over your 401ks. And I was like drawing this dog called the 401k9 and he would (laughs) teach you how to roll over. And I just, I drew it and I sat there and I go, this cannot be the rest of my life. (laughs) I like I'm reaching a peak of how far cartoons can go in the personal finance world. And I would love to talk about something a little more meaningful to me personally than rolling over your retirement funds. And so I hit that moment. And at the same time, I was um, I'd actually just um, started reading this website, Brain Pickings, which I love. And this, um, the woman, Maria Popova, who, who runs it, she writes all the time. She had like donation buttons set up on her site. Um, I had just read the book, The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could do art that I care about, art that I want to do, um, art that's more meaningful than 401ks. Um, and if I did it consistently enough um, and like poured my heart into it, like maybe this could be the way I make money. And 
Um, and I want an outlet that's not about personal finance anymore. And so all of those kind of pieces came together uh, and art to self was born from that. So it was this like incarnation of, of this is what Stephanie wants mm-hmm. to do something in the direction of. So it's this site that's like, I was doing this one site. It was okay. I was, I was like learning my skills on doing an online thing and I was building an audience and all that other stuff. But my heart started to beat in this like other direction. I designed a way and came up with an idea of like, what if I could, what if I, this, this was like, I'm what I'm getting at is this is like your Shangri-La. Like this was like, Oh my God, if I could do art to self, if I could do this sort of comic book, daily motivational about things that I care about. That would be so amazing. Is that what it, I mean? It sounds like it was like your Shangri-La. Absolutely. And, and especially the immediate response from people, which is, I remember putting up, uh, I started at January 1st, you know, as we all start our favorite things, the mm-hmm. first day of the new year. And I remember the month before in December, putting up just a simple sign, sign up page. You couldn't see any cartoons. All it said was art to self, daily inspirational cartoons in your inbox and a sign up page. Uh, and I just put it on Facebook and I was getting hundreds of people pre signing up for this website. And I was like, Oh Whoa. my God, they haven't even seen this. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is the thing you found the thing. And it was like, Oh my God. Like it's my, it's the combination of this, you know, deep, introspective dive into emotions that I was writing about and this light element of cartoons and getting to draw online and all these people are super excited and everyone was opening up like a good amount of my emails. I was just living inside of MailChimp looking at open rates and subscriber count and I was like, this is it. I've done it. Now this just needs to make all my money and I Mm. will be a success. And it, it, so it absolutely kind of started (laughs) subtly with like, I think a lot of pressure of like, this is it. So it better be it in all categories, (laughs) including how I earn a living. Oh my God. What do you attribute that to? Because um, I think many people listening are probably thinking, oh my God, well, I did the exact same thing and I got crickets or people are afraid to go in that direction because they think they won't get anybody. So why do you think, do you have a, a hypothesis or an assumption in terms of why you think people were signing up without ever even having seen the cartoons? Yeah. Well, and I, I, I will give myself, you know, credit. There was a lot of steps along the way, which is people had seen my cartoons online before. So it's not like I was coming in as like, oh, we didn't even know you drew, you know, right. kind of, um, uh, I think, perspective of what I was about to launch. And so I think people having seen my cartoons in different capacities online um, and and I think trusting me as a blogger in a totally different space, but just saying, oh, she's someone I've seen produce things online and I would like to sign up for that. It was a natural entry point. And I certainly would have never started it had I not spent, you know, I had that personal finance blog for like four years and it was only until the last year that I started drawing on it. So it was like a practice runway for that moment that definitely spurred the, I think the immediate interest in what I was doing. Mm. Mm. So that was like the practice. It got you figuring out how to go through these motions, how to move your 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 mind and your fingers in this way to make the keyboard go clickety clack to publish yep. posts to mm-hmm. to put stuff out that people could actually be interested in that might actually go viral that might have some sort of like or at least have some virality to it where the headline is interesting and enticing and relevant and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I like this question, and I really I love that you zoomed in on this moment. Um, you put up this pre-sale page and you're like, I remember the moment I put it up in December and I remember seeing these pre pre signups rolling in and going like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I found my thing. Like mm-hmm. zoom into that, zoom into that feeling. What was that feeling? Uh, the feeling was like, Oh, this is what it feels like when you've, you've locked into like what you're meant to do especially Mm. online. It was like, oh, the subscribers just show up naturally. And I remember I, the first couple days, because I was trying to like, this was, I was entering into a daily project. And so I was trying to like, at least give myself some cushion in the first couple days to like draw some cartoons, write some posts. Um, And then also to set up 
this idea of like reader donations to be like, well, what if this is totally funded by people, my subscribers donating to me? And I just remember launching it. And in the first three days I got three donations and some of them, like one of them was like a $50 donation. One of them was like a 20. So like not insignificant. And I was like, oh my God, this, this could work. Um, how do I make this work? I'm just gonna, I just started this machine. So I'm going to keep drawing and I'm going to keep writing and I'm going to keep, um, tweaking how I ask for donations and we're going to see where this goes. But immediately I was like, this is what it feels like when you find the thing and it becomes easy. And I'm like, oh, of course this is going to work. It becomes easy. Now I'm, I'm curious about this. Uh, and you're, you're hinting at these moments of, uh, of, uh, and I want to hold off for a second on like, now this just needs to make all my money for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be a total success. So let's hold off on that for a second. But this, this sense of, uh, of, you know, one of the hardest things I think for a lot of us indie business people to do is when we've been doing it a little while, like right at, like after we've launched, um, you're like day 15 maybe into a 30 day project or you're day 30 into a hundred day project or something like that, or you're a few months in and the honeymoon's kind of like worn off and you have to put effort. You realize you have to actually put effort into growing this thing or yeah. creating a goal of some kind or just whatever, or you're just making things like you're, you're ma- like what that's one of the best things about a project where by the way, you're, you're making a comic every day or you're writing a post every day it's so useful to have that, I don't know, that leash on for a lot of us to just to like, like, well, this is my commitment. I'm writing something every single day for a hundred days. Do that. And, and then it's like, whether it's good or not, you have to publish it and you get used to that. And it, and it, it can teach you so much. We talked a lot about that in the episode um, about medium. Steph, would you find that Jonas Ellison episode number? Yeah. I can't remember what that was, but he did that as well. And it was really like, it was, he says it was really important to, to his success there because it just kept him writing. But there must have been this time, or I'm curious, like, did you have this time of like, oh my God, I have to work to actually grow this thing or I have to like actually dig into this thing. What do you, if, if so, do, what do you remember about uh, things like that? Yeah, when I, when I think back to it, I mean, as a whole, like this, my writing improved, my cartoons improved. It was like, if you think about, you know, if, if you're listening and you're publishing things once a week on your blog, like imagine doing that every day, it just kind of accelerates the growth process, feeling comfortable with, you know, sending out emails and publishing, even if you don't feel ready, like just the growth for myself was so accelerated and fun to watch that progress. And, you know, even small things like one time an email didn't go out, you know, within the first month I had it and I just freaked out. I was like, oh my God, everyone's sitting at their computers. They're waiting for it. (laughs) Like, of course no one was, no one, it's not like if people were emailing me or anything, um, but then getting used to that feeling of like, oh, oops, forgot to send that out. Like, or oops, MailChimp went down for some reason. Um, and so that process was happening and it was amazing from an art perspective to just be like, I'm showing up every day. I'm writing, I'm drawing, I'm writing, I'm drawing. I'm reflecting on what I'm going through in life and I'm I'm just making work. Um, mm. the The caveat to that though is I spent so much time in the creative process uh, that I didn't doing quote unquote the work there that the kind of stepping back and being like, well, I'm, if I'm trying to make it and as a business or grow this in some way um, it, it just, that was a little more haphazard and kind of like, I would just have these dips of like, well, wait, why is my subscriber list not growing? And um, mm-hmm. wait, am I, do I need to add another income stream here? Because like, what's, how do these donations work in a more sustainable way? And so I would kind of dip in and out of the, the business side of things. Um, and I set, I set up um, some pretty interesting opportunities to grow the subscriber list. And those actually worked. And a couple of my cartoons went viral and um, were shared by some cool people. And I was going on podcast after podcast and, so my subscriber list was growing and I'm like, yes, more people. So more donations. And then sometimes those would stall and I would just keep asking myself like, well, wait, when does this work? And, 
um, hindsight being 2020, I realized at the time I never really had a definition of the word, like make it like, what is, Mm. I kept saying like, Oh, this is going to make it. And I look back and I'm like, I don't know if I actually knew what make it means. Like I didn't have a financial specific goal or how, or mapping out how it was just like more, more, more was kind of the way I was running the Oof. income side of things, the subscriber side of things. And so that constant like grabbing for more uh, feeling was starting to build and build and build after that first year. Oof, I love that. Oh my God. That is, there's something so true in that. Okay, well, I want to come back to that. Now, l- talk us through, because you said that art to self as a project kind of started to sour for you. Yeah. And I, I, how so? Like what happened? Walk me through this now. Well, it, you know, it's so interesting to, you know, I, I was the only one who said, you know, Stephanie, you have to show up every day and draw a cartoon and write something. Like I was my own boss on this project. Um, and so for the first six months, I did every single day, like seven days for a week. For six, six months, seven days a week? Uh-huh, seven days a week. Mm. And, and even leading up to that, you know, that I would say like phase one of burnout, I was like, oh, could I take weekends off? No, I said I was going to do every day. And it was like, well, and then I, you know, I had a business coach at the time and she was like, she said to me, do you realize the daily show is only four days a week? And I was like, oh, (laughs) great point. And then I gave myself permission. I took my first week of vacation. I was like, Hey everyone, I'm going down to five days a week. And everyone was like, go you like weekends. Yeah. That makes actually a lot of sense. You're kind of crazy for doing seven days a week. And so I was like, okay, five days, this is sustainable. I will, you know, that souring or stressful feeling of forcing myself to be creative constantly. That's going to go away now. Cause it's five days yeah. a week. And then, you know, that goes along a little bit. Um, the first year too, I realized I had been producing so much content that I had a book naturally in mm. my hands, which is, you know, halfway through the year, I had 150 cartoons and cartoon notes. And I was like, oh, well, this could be a great book. So that first project or the first year became uh, this project of putting together my very first self-published book and launching that at the end of the year. That kind of kept me engaged that kept the excitement going and, and it was like so well received by my readers. Um, you know, the launch made multiple thousands of dollars of that book. And I was just like, Oh yeah. Like products, like, of course, like this plus donations, (laughs) like, Oh, I've just discovered another secret to like turning this into something that quote unquote makes it. Um, and so it was like the combination of watching myself get a little run down by the sheer amount of work that I was asking myself to do every week. And then, mm. but then I kept finding these little carrots, these little projects. So first that first book. Um, and then a couple months later, I came out with a children's book. And then a couple months after that, I came out with a digital guide and then a coloring book. And it was like these, these little kind of product carrots that I kept giving myself like, oh, I bet this is it. Oh, I bet this will be the the secret to, you know, earning sustainable income or feeling like this project is feeding you and sustaining itself because you're showing up five days a week, consistently producing content over and over. So for me too, it became, oh, well, if it starts to make money, then I won't be so exhausted by <laughs> this work schedule that I've created for myself. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I was going to ask you, Stephanie, what you thought you were looking for by the constant, that constant sort of give, you said giving yourself like the next carrot and the next one and the next one. I always think of this as like the content treadmill or the project treadmill. What do you think you were, you were really seeking? I mean, on one hand, it sounds like you were saying to yourself, Oh, if I can just make this make money, then it'll be successful. Was it that, or was it something deeper that you were looking for that maybe you didn't even realize at the time? Yeah. So I think I was looking for um, two things like subliminally, I think it was meaning and love for my work again. And I can Mm. totally say that in retrospect. And then, but on the, on the surface, it was like, oh, I'm looking for 
the online passive income scalable, you know, income online model that everybody says that I could be having. Um, and I would have, you know, I would have blogger friends. I would ha- even um, this business kind of program that I enrolled in, um, they were like, oh, well, you have this audience. You ha- you could start building funnels and you should teach other people how to be creative and you should monetize and, you know, inspire people to turn their create creativity into a brand and a business. And um, I, like the noise I was hearing from other people. And of course you see articles online and everything was like, well, if you have an audience, you should be monetizing it. And, you know, you should be scaling how you sell your products and things like that. Um, So I was really, I started to pursue these like digital type of products and they were like how to types of products and things that I wasn't naturally good at writing or teaching, but I was like, well, this is what you do next. Um, And at the same time, I came out with um, my children's book that year and no one knew it was coming. I just like thought of it, um, you know, over a course of a week, wrote it all down, illustrated it, put it up as a post and was like, look, everyone, I did this thing just for fun. And I love it so much. And people were like, oh my gosh, I love it too. I'm reading it to my kid tonight. Uh, Like they were holding up their laptop, reading it to their children in bed. And I was like, well, I could just turn this into a Kindle book. And I put it on Kindle and it got to like number one in the free Kindle children's book category. And then I was like, well, should I turn it into a printed book? And I, I, I did that and everyone loved it. I loved it. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite things I've ever done. And there was no pressure to make money from it. It was just something I wanted to put out into the world. And it was so, so special to me. Um, and at the same time, I was still like, yeah, well, that was nice. But where's the like sustainable, uh, you know, passive income stream with an email funnel and an online course that I'm selling that will provide me with like consistent revenue. And so those two things were happening at once. And um, we're, it, I didn't realize it at the time that I really, 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 truly just wanted more of that feeling of producing work I cared about that resonated with people that maybe happened to make money afterwards. It's so interesting hearing about the tension. I hear such a tension between the creative side of you, the side that literally just wanted to be able to make things that you cared about just for the pleasure of making it and then seeing it resonate with other people. I mean, it kind of gives me goosebumps to think of making something that people are reading to their kids, like what gratification you must get from that. But then you have this whole other side of you that's like, no, wait, money, email funnels, subscribers. So it sounds like there was like a real a real tension between those two things. It must have been really hard to reconcile. Absolutely. I hear you kind of like flipping back and forth between the two sides of your brain. Like that must have been quite a, a swing of the pendulum like on a daily basis. Totally, yeah. And it definitely was daily because I was also still producing daily <laughs> content at the time and wondering, well, will it work today? How about today? Is this going to make it today? I feel like that, I feel like so many people can resonate with that, that balance of so many of us get into this because we want to create, we want to resonate on the deepest level, really regardless of income. But then you have the practical side of you come in and say, well, hold on, I have to eat and I want to be successful. So I know so many people listening are like, yes, that is like at the core of what all of us struggle with is how do I, how do I continue to actually enjoy this work? Because as Chase always says, eventually everything becomes work. (laughs) How do I continue to enjoy it while also being successful and, and making enough money to keep going? I think that is really at the core of what all of us are trying to figure out. Absolutely. Mm, Totally. Okay. So really quick, I want to zoom in a little bit on some of these words you've said about what you wanted from this work. You've used words like, it's almost like in the vein of, I wanted to be more nourished Mm -hmm. by it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me more about, about this. Tell me about what it, what was lacking. Yeah. Well, so it, it's like, I, I, I was really feeling it into year two at this point um, that I was like clocking into a job that I didn't want. And I was my own boss. So I was like angry at myself, obviously. But it was this like, I'm feeding this machine that I don't even know where this machine is going and what this machine is doing. But I know it's not there yet, but I want it to, I want the machine to start feeding me. And, and my definition of that at the time was, 
money, which is like, well, I'm showing up and I'm drawing and writing every day. And I'd have these just like wild swings of emotion about my business and be like, Mm. you know, sometimes I'd be like super angry at my readers. I mean, I wouldn't say this to them. Right. But it was just like, well, why aren't they buying my things or donating money? And I don't get it. And why isn't this thing that I've, I'm constantly feeding every day? Why isn't it feeding me? And then I have something like the children's book incident where I write something I just really cared about. I loved it so much. I put it out into the world. I, you know, I literally got like a fan letter from a seven-year-old after the book came out. And it was like, dear Steph, I love your tree book. Write more books, you know, love Daphne. And it was like, that is everything. I have it like on my desk still. And I'm like, that's the thing. Like, that's the, you know, feed your soul moment of just like, delightfully putting work out into the world and then have like a seven-year-old become your super fan who's never met you before. Um, And so it was that, just like you said, Steph, it was that tension between like, oh, of course, that's the most nourishing feeling in the world. Oh, and I have this machine I'm building. How do I I feed this machine? What is this machine doing? And where is it going? Mm. Mm. So... I love this. I mean, I, like, like we've we, we've kind of circled around this bit for for a while now. But it, um, I, you know what I find myself asking around? I'm like, hmm, what would Elizabeth Gilbert say about this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, I actually ask myself that a lot these days. Hmm, what would I, Well, I could try to figure out my own way through this. But here's a quote from Elizabeth Gilbert. She already nailed it. <laughs> Read Big Magic, everybody. Uh, but this this is making me think of of what she says about uh this creativity this curiosity that you have like it it doesn't know anything about money and it doesn't want to it doesn't care it doesn't care anything about that stuff it's like that's something that you are trying to put on it right and um or that we all try to put on it because i I think what we all have to just uh, just recognize that this happens because of the world that we grow up in It, it is essential it's a requirement that we figure out how to earn our way through life you know? Uh, and so we're constantly putting this enormous pressure on our creativity to support us. Those of us who like literally get so, uh, alive and in like enjoy so deeply our creativity. We're asking this very tender thread of, of like joy to hold up, like to put, to like, to, to shelter us from this enormous, enormous like weight. Right. And, uh, and Elizabeth Gilbert talks in big magic quite a bit about, about like, no, no, (laughs) you're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, it makes me think of, I I heard this in Alan from Alan Watts, but it's actually, I did some research on it. It's actually one of these like essential precepts of Buddhism. And, and it's what it's just like, I promise to abstain from exploiting my passions whoa mm-hmm. yes <laughs> <laughs> just i promise to abstain from exploiting my passion uh and i love this conversation with you so much stephanie because uh it's just something that that i mean you really hit it in the many of us who are working to build a business who are working for independence who are reading like the Amanda Palmer book that you mentioned or members of Fizzle or listening to Pat Flynn or Tara Gentili or Gary Vaynerchuk or any of us who are like, yes, I want to build something in the world. I want to enjoy it. I want it to, I want to, I want to, I want to live life on my own terms. Um, I don't know. There's just so much momentum and pressure to make it look a certain way. So much pressure. And and again, in hindsight, to be able to separate out those two things, which was, I want to love my art, right? Mm-hmm. And, and feel the way I feel about my creative self. And I want to be able to share it with people so an audience would be wonderful. But I also want a flexible lifestyle. I want to feel supported financially and secure and safe. Um, and conflating the two was where that I kept bouncing back and forth within myself. Um, And it was like, well, do they have to be one and the same right now? Do they have to be uh, in the model that people online are telling me they should be 
those two things, like those two true, true wants, which is to be taken care of in the world and have freedom and also to have joy in my art, like both of those are worth protecting, but they don't need to necessarily be so intertwined with each other, especially if it starts detracting from the joy that you have for the, your art, your creative expression, your craft, whatever it is. Um, and it was just, it took literally a couple years to realize that I had permission to like separate those two things and, and really recultivate that love for my art that I had, you know, when I was a kid. Mm. Okay. So I, I think there's a danger in this for all of us here, right? I, especially those of us who are Steph, I got to miss Steph Crowder. I have to, I have, I I've been doing some deep Enneagram work over here. Mm. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie, have you, are you familiar with the Enneagram? I am. And I'm a helper, so I know it well. You're a two. Do you, do you have a wing? Do you know what your wing is? I don't know the wings. I think that it's like, um, you're probably a two three because yeah. you're, you're pretty you're pretty uh, extroverted and and uh, and out there. I like that. Okay, and and Steph Crowder, what seven eight? Is that what you are? Yes. Yeah. Okay, seven eight. Well, you guys, I've been a seven. I've always thought of myself as a seven. That's always what I've known deeply about myself. Oh yeah, this totally resonates. I'm total seven six. That's the whole thing. Uh, I've just completely come to terms with the fact that I am utterly and completely a four. Oh. Like, a four, Wait, what's a four? I don't the know four that either. Is the individualist? The four is the one who uh, who is you know sensitive, basically love such a deep love of beauty. Um, authenticity is the four's like like main uh, temptation, <laughs> I guess. You know, to be authentic uh, is is what like the call of my life is, and that and I really really resonate with that. Also, melancholy. <laughs> so anyone you know in your life. <laughs> Who's just like, who's like, can, is, melancholy is defined by this one poet as the happiness of sadness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the just, sensitivity. So good. So good. But yeah, it's, it's blowing my mind. It's completely like literally peeling back layers of my skull and just kind of poking me and laughing at me the whole time. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been really good. But when I think about this, there's this danger here for all of us entrepreneurs, um, I do want to caveat that with especially those of us who have a sensitive, creative bend to us. Now, I think all humans have that. We've just had it like sort of like uh, PE coached out of us from a lot of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like like, be- a, like beaten out of us in some exactly. way. Exactly. Just like, just like, hey, climb the rope. Don't about it. Uh, hey, uh, walk it off. Uh, this, that. You know what I mean? It's just their whole culture. But there is this this deep cry to feel nourished by the the creativity in our life, and I, I hesitate to call it art for all of us because I know that sometimes it's a big stretch to to think of yourself as an artist. Um, I, it is for me, but I, I'm but I I've, I do it all the time. Like I'm actively going like I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm trying to say it. I'm an artist, <laughs> but uh, but we can all be creative. We can all be curious. And we can all pursue that curiosity and we can all enjoy the freedom of like these moments where it's like, dude, I was really interested in this. I went down this rabbit hole. I learned this, 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 and this. And then when dad or the shitty uncle Terry shows up and goes like, uh, what's that all for? Like, is, how's that going to make you money? You know, you can just go, well, I was enjoying it. Right. So we all have this capacity for enjoying ourselves. Um, and I think a lot of us are growing towards, towards this sense of, we want to earn a living doing something that we really truly care about. And we actually love and we enjoy we enjoy doing. We want to feel this nourishing quality from the creativity and the art that we're making, from the service that we're doing in the world. Uh, and yet, this lesson that you've learned, Stephanie, of conflating that with the need for this thing to support us as well, to give all of our security from this thing as well. I mean, this is so dangerous. Like, we're all in, in the... Uh, I don't know. We're all in the sights of this thing. So what I want to ask is in hindsight for you, Stephanie, was there warning signs that you could have seen earlier? And if you saw them, can you think of maybe something you could have done to sort of save this project from being such a, uh, from souring so, so hard that you eventually walked away from it? Well, and with that, Steph or Stephanie, can you also tell us how that happened? Because I don't feel like we got to that part in the story. So where we left off, you were oh, talking yeah. about yeah, totally. 
you were kind of like, it was, I was chasing this, the, the children's book and then mm-hmm. this thing and then that thing. Like, what was the, I would love to hear what Chase said too. What are the warning signs? But then like, how did you, what was the sort of like climactic moment where you were like, there, like the carrots aren't working. Something has to change. How did it culminate? Yeah. So it was definitely, there was two things happening. One was a very distinct moment in time. And, and the nature of the, of art to self as a, as what I've designed and set myself up, up for was just this constant daily work. It, it felt like towards the end, like death by paper cuts, which was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Uh, and, and I never gave myself permission to stop or say, you know what? I changed my mind. This was actually a 365 day project, not an infinite for the rest of my life project uh, because this is not sustainable or to think, well, what would feel good? It was like, nope, I signed up for this. Keep going, keep going. So um, I think the warning signs were just, were, were slight in nature at first, which was just like the little bit of dread where it's like, I'm showing up to draw Mm. cartoons and write because I wanted to. And a year and a half later, I don't want to anymore. And it was just like, uh, but keep going and maybe it will be better next week. And, um, and, but then a very distinct moment too, that happened of kind of creating these, these new projects and new ways potentially to make money was finally so many people had told me like, Oh, make a course, make an e-course about how to be creative and get through your creative blocks and mm-hmm. teach. You know, I had a lot of creative people naturally, subscribe to art to self. And it was like, well, of course I resonate with creative people and they resonate with me. And it was like, okay, I guess I'm making this e-course. And I remember working on it um, for a couple months. And towards the end, I was literally in tears, like almost daily of being like, I hate this so much. And I was like, well, maybe I'm just, maybe I just need to power through maybe it's just fear telling me to stop you know like all those things like and it was really just the it felt like such a foreign thing to put out into the world that I didn't care about but I thought it was the answer and I remember launching it I remember it making a couple thousand dollars and I remember just the the day of the launch just thinking never again this isn't Mm. it's time to rethink all of this uh, and I took, I announced to my list that I wasn't doing daily anymore. The time had come. It was, you know, it had been two years almost of almost every single day. Wow. And I needed a break for the holidays. And then I would come back and do it maybe once a week. I came back and realized I was still feeling burned out and soured by the whole experience. And so I kind of just let it sit and simmer and just be almost like an art portfolio that lives online. And I was like, okay, I really need to take time away from publishing and sharing online and looking at email stats and all of those things and get back to my art and why I love art and doing art for me. And maybe like in the last couple months, like writing things that I never show anyone, which is Mm. after two years of publishing almost every day, I'm just like, this feels a little rebellious and kind of fun and and I'm actually enjoying this again and um rebuilding that muscle and that relationship to my art I'm just like oh I really drove that to the edge of a cliff and um I think for me personally just knowing like my personality and everything how I work in the world I think I had to like check off all the boxes to be totally sure that I didn't want this. Like I had to launch the e-course. I had to do the coloring book. I had to, to, you know, pursue those paths to their fullest extent to go. Mm. Yep. Okay. I don't want an online business from my art. I think I'm pretty confident saying that now. Um, And I would love to make money from my art in the future, but from pieces of work that are super intentional that I spend maybe like a year on (laughs) creating like a book or something that I'm not publishing every day. And maybe I have a publisher I work with and, um, to get my book out there some more, but I, like, I had to decouple that relationship. Um, and, but I, I really went full steam on being like, can this be an online business? And I 
feel good about it being an online business. And I'm really proud of myself, actually, that I felt like I checked those boxes off. And I'm like, I got a lot of clarity that this is actually something that I don't want. Oof. Mm, I love so, that. That's so good. I'm really proud of myself that I, I mean, that, I don't know, that just gets me. That gets me. What, do you, what, do you, what are you hearing in this, Steph? Uh, we need to, I mean, I just hope that people listening can try to reframe their own, what you may see as missteps, mistakes, false starts, all the things that go along with trying to make this thing work. So many of us, uh, present company included, would look at our maybe dead ends and say, I failed, or that was so embarrassing, or we see this all the time in the fizzle forums, people feeling like maybe I'm not meant for this. Stephanie has decided to look at this and say, no, I actually needed those steps to be on my journey to be where I am. And like, wow, just the power of looking at that and saying, no, I mean, yes, it was filled with some stress and anxiety and, you know, ups and downs and all that crazy stuff. But to look at that and say it was exactly the way it needed to be and be at peace with that is tremendously powerful. And I truly, I wish we could bottle that for all of our, (laughs) all of our people walking this path, because I do think it's a game changer when you can see it that way, because then there are no mistakes. And I have found that if you can look at business as there are no mistakes, only experiments, only hypotheses, that's how you stay healthy, I think. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I wish I could bottle that for myself and like send it back in time too. Because it yeah. was, I mean, the whole time it was like, there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of like defeatedness and and pressure upon myself and like self-criticism. And I hope to avoid that in the future, at least be kinder to myself in the process. But like, oh yeah, thank God I went through it because I know now and I feel I feel so confident in making my own choices and deciding what I want and defining what success looks like for me because I went through that experimentation process. What do you have now that you didn't have then? Oh, I have permission. Like I have the ability to choose and look around and say, well, how do I want this to feel? Um, And I have permission to earn money just so that I can support myself and not put pressure on that. And just, you know, I have like a, a consulting company on the side, right? Which pays my bills. And I've been doing that for a few years. And I can look at that now and just be like, oh, how nourishing to like be supported financially and have a flexible life. And I can look at my art and be like, oh, what is interesting now? And um, what if I took you know, a year or two years to explore my next piece of work. And which is crazy to think about in the digital kind of online entrepreneur culture, which is like, oh, what if I did work entirely offline for a year creatively? And what if I took my time creating a masterpiece that would last like, like a seminal piece of work that could last for decades and centuries? And like the book that someone picks up in the library that's so old, but just you know, is timeless. And I'm like, well, what if I approached art that way? And it's really given me just so much permission to explore what I want and to be okay with where I'm at and, and let myself do work in the way that I want to do work now, which seems so crazy to say that out loud. Yeah. One of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you, Stephanie, not just because you're amazing and we love you, but also because I remember having a conversation with you in Portland where you kind of said the way that I'd paraphrase it would be, you said something like, people hear my story and they want to turn it into this like redemptive. And then I figured out how to make art to self work. Or (laughs) then I figured out how to be an online entrepreneur. And you're like, that's actually just not, that's not how this story goes. And it's funny. It reminds me of how with like fairy tales, we want there to be happy ending. Not that the end is not happy, but it's, this is another way to look at how it can turn out for people. And it doesn't have to follow this one path of up and to the right of like, do all these things and you will be an internet success. That's not necessarily how it goes. And it just goes to show that everybody's path is going to be a little bit different. And I think we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes you're not going to find your way back to it and be like, and then it worked. Like, that's not the point of the story, which I think is I'm not hearing a lot of that in other like interviews and stories that are on the internet. People want it to kind of all resolve in this clean way. And I, it's just really, it's like very expanding of my own mind to be like, you know, there's sometimes there's other, other endings to the story that are every bit as powerful in their own way. Exactly. And also just like for me, full of so much happiness, like it is a happy ending and it's like, but I'm not going to be 
you know, and I, boy, I was so excited that you guys invited me to be on a podcast, which is not a lot of podcasts want to be like, and how did you give up on your online entrepreneur dreams? Like you did this for two <laughs> years and how did it not work? Right. Yeah. So that story doesn't get told a lot. Um, and on the other side of it, like I do, I feel so happy. I feel liberated. I feel like I'm reconnected to my art. I feel at peace. I like stopped having panic attacks, like all, like all the such wonderful things on the other side. And if you look at the classic online entrepreneur success story, uh, doesn't really look like that on paper. Yeah. Can yeah. you, can you give us a snapshot of what your life looks like now? So you told us about your projects leading up till now, but what are you doing now? How does your art fit in and, and what are you doing as your, you know, quote unquote day job? Yeah. So for, for money, I'm doing the consulting work that I've been doing for years, even as I was trying to build art to self into something, uh, you know, that would, that would sustain me monetarily. I was always doing the consulting work because it it wasn't there yet. And so that's still this thread of work for me. That's like, again, it's like supportive. It's something I'm really good at. There's something really satisfying about showing up to work and getting paid for something you're good at, even if it's not like, your ultimate version of creativity. And so that's happening. And in the meantime, I'm giving myself so much space and time to write, to explore. Like there's no rigid schedule for someone that was on like a two year, extremely rigid schedule of creativity and publishing. Like the pendulum swung the other way, which was just letting myself as the moment strikes be creative again. Um, And now I can sense I'm craving that discipline again. I'm craving like, it would be nice to show up um, every day to just sit down and write. And I'm, I'm craving form again. And I'm excited for the moment that I can share something with the world again. Um, but I'm letting myself meander in a way that's totally different in terms of writing and sketching out ideas and not trying to be like, okay, but how do I package this and how do I sell this and where is this going? It's like Mm. just writing and drawing because I want to, and it feels so, so good. Boom. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to finish us off here with a little bit of, of some advice and some, some, maybe some, I don't know, how can we all, because uh, what we just heard was this great story of basically, I mean, it's just a standard, it's, I don't know why I want to do it like this, but I just want to say, you know, this is just a sort of a standard story of <laughs> a person who is trying, who finds himself, you know, these are sort of, this is something that is coming for all of us, you know, all, all of us, Oliver, all of us deserve a story like this, where we discovered who it is that we are and what it is exactly that we enjoy to do here. You know, it's a very simple story and this is this one took her a very long time and it, it caused a lot of anxiety and stress. But that's what this story is. It was Stephanie slowly over time taking off all of the like this the like sm- like I don't know the the muck the off of her body all all of the things that had like the the barnacles that had grown and all of these things that were saying, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. And her just slowly going like, really? You think so? Okay, let's give it a try. And it's like, nope, didn't like that at all. I did not. I do not like the feeling of living in that, in that way. What about this over here? And slowly over time, it was like you were taking off these things. I'll, I'll just say you were taking off articles of clothing because I mean, who doesn't want to see totally naked, just totally (laughs) naked Steffi running across the field. Okay. So, but, (laughs) But you found yourself. I mean, really, at the end of it, it's like when you're talking about this, this, what does it feel like now? Uh, It feels great. I feel liberated. I feel lighter. I feel free. I'm meandering and allowing myself. I feel the possibilities of the world. I don't feel the pressure, right? This is the place that we all want to live in. And we all deserve to be able to do creative work in this place is what my, I I have that as a very strong point of view. Um, But it's not, it's like that idea that like um, you you have to take your own freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody can give this to you. And who knows what you'll have to go through to get it. And so this was your like hero's journey in a lot of ways. And your story isn't done by any ch- chance of the imagination. But you went through a big undertaking because you thought you were like, I am internet entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And now you're mm-hmm. like, I am so much more than that. 
but I know how to use the website if I ever need to do something right. like that in the future, right? Super, super valuable. So we heard this amazing story. Stephanie got, gets to a point where she gets clarity. She gets uh, understanding. She realizes she's a, a two instead of a three or whatever it is on the Enneagram, right? By the way, we didn't even qualify what the Enneagram was. So hopefully people back there are just like, yeah, I know what the Enneagram is. If you don't, uh, do a search. Check it out. <laughs> um, so I want to know, if we can go back to the idea of like, what were the warning signs? If you can identify any, if there were some things you might have been able to do that would have shifted this all. Um, or if you feel like, I mean, I guess it's, it, that, that doesn't, don't even worry about that one, what you would have done because like, that's neither here nor there, but what were the warning signs so that we can find those warning signs for ourselves? And then I want to know if you have like advice for creative entrepreneurs about not letting their creative venture turn sour or about figuring out how to do this on their own terms. Yeah. Can you, can you give us some sense of these things? Yeah. And I, so I think to um, Steph's point earlier uh, about it being an experiment and I didn't set Mm. myself up for it to be an experiment. I set myself up for you found the thing. And so for the rest of your life now you are doing daily cartoons and writing and this has to make it and it will never change. Three, two, mm-hmm. one, go <laughs> and yeah. go and keep going and keep going. Um, whereas, you know, in again, I'm I'm super again grateful and proud of my journey, so I wouldn't change it. But but what I would do in the future is treat it as an experiment. Which is experiments have measured goals and success. I had no measurements at the time. I was just like, make it. I was like, well, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? Um, and it was an indefinite period of time. So I would have absolutely given myself a time frame to be like, all right, you know, I know myself, I go really hard in an area that I want to pursue. So if I could give myself six months to do it or um, three months even, or a year if I was really ambitious, but to like cap it and say, well, my hypothesis is this, the experiment is that. And I'm also going to not just track numbers, but I'm going to watch my emotions and the emotional state I'm in. Because if I'm going to be my own boss, I'm stuck with me for the rest of my life. So I better like working for myself. So how do I make this more enjoyable as the process goes on? And the other thing too, I would add, um, even for myself now where I'm at is all of this comes in seasons. Like I'm here declaring on this podcast, like I'm free. My art is like whatever I want it to be. It's kind of like formless. It's liberated. And um, I'm going to want form back and I'm going to want structure and I'm going to want discipline. And I, you know, that season will come back around for me again. It won't certainly be as extreme as it was when I was doing, you know, daily cartoons for two years. But um, to, I think that piece of advice looking back and for even myself in the future is to say, it's okay to go through seasons. Um, it's okay to, you know, watch what you need creatively. Um, and it's really okay to just continuously ask yourself, well, how does this feel? And, um, is it possible to change the way I feel about this if it's not feeling great? And what am I not giving myself permission to, think about or dream about, about what's possible because I said it was going to be this way or someone online said it should be that way. Um, and, and to just give yourself that constant permission slip to say, you know what, you could change it. If you don't like it, if it's really causing you sleepless nights, um, something can change. You're allowed to change it, especially if it's your own project of your own design. (laughs) <laughs> that's terrific Seriously. that whole that whole little bit people just like hit that rewind 30 seconds thing a few times and just listen to that again <laughs> listen to that right on over again stephanie halligan i have loved talking to you that was so so nourishing for me you fed this machine thanks for coming on the fizzle show and sharing from the heart the way that you do absolutely thank you guys for having me um and and offering a space for this story to be talked about because i've been craving a space to share it and something that's not just like you said stuff the typical success story so yeah thanks for the space to to share this today you, you are awesome, it. my friend. Thank you. Thanks, yep. guys. 
All right, everybody, that is episode 234 of The Fizzle Show. You can say thank you to Stephanie Halligan when you go to fizzleshow.co slash 234. That's fizzleshow.co slash 234. I put her social media stuff there so you can connect with her and say thanks and what's up. You'll also find links in the conversation notes from this conversation at fizzleshow.co slash 234. Here's an iTunes review from TKE613 who says... I have explored many blogs, many podcasts and online learning, etc., 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 that promise to help me with my future endeavors as an entrepreneur. But Fizzle, oh, FizzleShow.co, I keep coming back to you. I thank you so much, TKE613, for that awesome review. And for anybody who has left us one already, love you guys. If you haven't yet, leave us an iTunes review. I'd love to read your thoughts. You can do that no matter what country you're in, and we'll get notified of it. Okay, like I said in the beginning, if you're new to the show, I want to say thanks, welcome, hope you enjoyed the show. You can go to fizzle.co slash toolkit to get a few of our favorite guides on the house, guides that are going to help you figure out your business, figure out your elevator pitch, figure out who the audience is that you serve, this kind of stuff fizzle.co slash toolkit remember y'all no matter how hard it gets or how hot it gets rest in the company of good friends and remember that you are not alone find care take care serve hard and dig in thanks i'll talk to you next week on the fizzle show